This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the World's Best Construction Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Red Team. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that later on. First of all, let's meet my fellow co-hosts, Luke and Liam. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, You know the usual. Just winter. Gets dark early. Typical British moaning. (laughs) And just (laughs) filling up on food, going to the pub and watching the football. So, yeah, that's pretty much my life at the moment. (laughs) How are you, Fred? You all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I'm very happy that last week's video on the B1M has turned into a massive monster over here. I think as of the time of recording this, it's got 2.7 million views in just a few days. So I'm really, really yeah. pleased that that's that's come off. Um, also got things like the final of the final season finale of Andor over on Disney Plus. We got the World Cup going on. There's Christmas coming up. We're working on some really cool content for the Christmas break. And I'm recording a podcast with you guys. You know, it's it's good times. I'm a rich man. Yeah, not Rich financially, with- but no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have other wealth. <laughs> I was going to say that. I knew the video last week was going to slap, mate. I knew it. It was it was such a banger. So yeah, congrats to the team. Congrats to everyone who uh, went into making it. Uh, Liam, mm. you're right, mate. You good? I'm good, mate. Yeah, good, good. Uh, just enjoying summer over here, mate. Just uh, been doing a bit of sunbathing mm. today. It's like 26 Love degrees. It. Did a bit of work in the sun. Loving it. Oh. Yeah, it's good. And spy, any, time, yeah. spy, any more spiders, mate? It is, mate. Yeah. I, 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 I want to stop talking about it because I sound like a crazy bug man or something like that. But, um, yeah, we had another massive one on Saturday night. Um, <laughs> shout out to my to my mate, actually, my longtime friend, Nick, who uh, listened to the podcast last week. And he messaged me and said, I bet you're lying about the spiders. They can't be that big and you can't have had that many. Um, <laughs> so to prove it. I've therefore started taking photos, which I've shared with you guys on Saturday night, and I've started yeah. to share with my I friends. I should say, dear listeners, Liam Marsh has put some pictures up on our Slack group of these spiders, and there was one behind your TV over the weekend, mate. Oh. Good lord! I showed I showed my missus, and she gasped. She was like, yeah. <laughs> "Mate, they're so scary!" Like, every, no, no one that I know likes spiders. But when they're that big, it's just like amplified. And they're fast. They just move really fast. Oh, don't. I've, I'll don't. hear my, my partner, Daniela, I'll just hear this random like scream. Like, ah! I'm like, oh, God, there's a spider, isn't there? <laughs> I have to come charging down the other end of the house, coming to find it. Is this, a, is this a pint glass and a bit of paper jobby, or are they a bit bigger than that? No, nah, mate. This is like a, um, a litre of fly spray and a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Wow. I, would, I would like to move them outside, but I'm not doing that. They are the size of a big salad bowl. You know what I mean? Like, 
try and oh, trap that boy. in there with a bit of paper. I'll probably, knowing my luck, I'll, I'll let it go out into the garden and it'll probably just jump up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> jump up on you. Oh, oh timeless. Yeah. Oh, but it's all good, be- mate. It's all good. We're going to get a, a, a pest control guy out for the third time and we're going to we're gonna nuke him. Pest control? <laughs> I'd call the National Guard if I were you, the size of those things. <laughs> I know, mate. Or F- airstrike or something. Yeah. And and isn't this episode about our love of nature, Fred, following on from that topic? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, nice, nice link, Luke. I like that. Mm. There's, yes, we've got some fish. There you go. Spiders yeah. to fish. They're both animals. There you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes, coming up this week, guys, we have got Abu Dhabi has built the world's largest aquarium, a uh, very interesting deep dive video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Sweden has invented fossil-free steel, a video we did back on tomorrow's build on Tuesday, which is very, very cool. Proper proper game changer of innovation there. Also in the news, France's plan to cover new car parks will cover all car parks with solar panels. Houston's Memorial Park upgrade, a massive new timber office building in London, and some of your comments from the week. Let's do this. So, first up this week, we are looking at Abu Dhabi, which has built the world's largest aquarium. This is very exciting. So, basically, SeaWorld Abu Dhabi is due to open in 2023. It's being constructed on Yas Island, which is this island sort of in the middle of Abu Dhabi, which has got the F1 track on it. It's got all kinds of attractions and places to go on it. And it's now having this massive new SeaWorld, which is going to become the world's largest aquarium. All being built within a building, so you can't really see the true extent of what's happening. They did this with the world's deepest pool as well. They kind of put a building structure up and then dug the pool within the building that no one could see. And they do that quite a bit in Dubai. They do it as a way to kind of keep things under wraps and not let other countries or other places steal their records before they've got them. They did it with a few other projects as well. I think I mentioned before when we did that piece on the world's longest cantilever with them, they were mm. very funny about telling us the length or when it was going to be announced and stuff. So that was that was all interesting. Um, yeah, this thing's big, guys. There's a lot of water in this. To give you some uh, give you some context, the Shed Aquarium in Chicago holds 19 million liters of water. The Shimlong Ocean Kingdom in China is currently the world's biggest aquarium. That's got 49 million liters of water. Uh, but SeaWorld Abu Dhabi is going to have is going to contain 58 million liters. That's uh, quite a long time of having the tap running to get that filled up. We're going to talk to you about how we fill it up later. Some some more detail on that. Things to look forward to in SeaWorld Abu Dhabi. You've got five floors of displays, more than 68,000 marine animals. There's going to be this endless vista thing, which is this 20-meter vertical window stretching up across several levels of the aquarium. All very exciting, uh, all very interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it doesn't tank. There you go. I had to get that pun in there somewhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, now, designing and building something this big poses an extreme engineering challenge. You've got massive water pressure. You've got to let in the right amount of light so that all these species can survive. You've got to immerse millions of visitors in an underwater world. Uh, it's, the, the work that goes into these things is crazy. What do you guys make of it? Yeah, it's super interesting, mate. What I'm uh, instantly, as soon as I watched it, I thought, um, you know, since all these countries in the UAE like to one up each other and beat each other's records, uh, I'm waiting for Dubai to announce their mm. new aquarium with 59 million liters of water in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I think it looks great. The renders look awesome. Very dystopian, kind of futuristic style, right? Um, super impressive visually. If they can, if they can pull it off, it's it's another great project in in the UAE. Um, yeah, super interesting. Yeah, it it reminded me a little bit of like Avatar, you know, like the mm. film Avatar, like with all the blue and everything and the water. I was like, oh yeah. my days, this is this isn't just like. You know, going down South End on sea and going to the uh, Sea Life Centre, is it? This is this is the re- this is this is the real deal. This is the real deal. Um, and like you said, um, over in the Emirates, you know, they like to one up each other. But I feel like Abu Dhabi is like, I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel like they're playing more of the long game with their projects. You know, they've got the F one there. There's the Ferrari world there, which this this is next door to, right? And so it's like they're kind of building a Disney world or like mm-hmm. Universal, like in this island. So there's this huge entertainment district. And I think over time, and they've also got the um, the Louvre there, right? And, yeah, and Louvre, we, Louvre you, yeah. You, you have footage of that, don't you, in the video of uh, like yeah. when you're talking about Abu Dhabi. So, you know, I, I think as a city and as a region, I think it's playing more of the long game where you you know you've got like entertainment you've got like the world's biggest aquarium and you've also got like you know the typical skyscraper restaurant stuff but you've also got cultural things and I'm not saying like Dubai doesn't necessarily have that but with Dubai um as someone who like loves construction loves architecture it does feel sometimes like over in Dubai they just throw anything at the canvas and see what sticks sometimes it feels like that Abu Dhabi, it feels a bit more planned out and um, everything has been done on purpose, you know, like it's it's part of this bigger plan. And this this is definitely part of that. And I it's, and what, what was that s- uh, statistic you just said? Um, 68,000 marine animals. Mate, 68,000. I can name like five fish, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I could probably name a few more, but like it's it's... That's absurd. That is absolutely absurd. And when you look at the renders of this, I can kind of believe that there'd be that many because it it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen in my life. It looks un unreal. Yeah, yeah impressive. It's pretty epic. They've they've built some big tanks in the UAE before. So there's this Atlantis hotel on the Palm, which has got some very elaborate tanks in it. There's like a slide that goes down through a, a tube that goes through a shark tank, and there's uh, hotel rooms that are underground built into the aquarium and you can swim with sharks it's, it's all very lavish they've 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 they, yeah they've built some uh some big tanks and big aquariums before but this this is a whole different league of engineering and construction as i said nothing this big has ever been built on this planet before for an aquarium pretty incredible so it's being built with uh plexiglass which is kind of like this kind of form of acrylic basically big acrylic sheets not glass so most aquariums use acrylic not glass that's because it's up to 17 times stronger than regular glass and also half as dense it's clearer and easier to bend into shapes like curves tubes bubbles you know the things you see at sea life centers and all that kind of places so uh yeah it's pretty pretty impressive now what's what was striking about this is that the aquarium world is quite a closed down little world nobody would talk to us about aquarium engineering we tried for weeks to get interviews to get access to get permission to get details to get cross sections plans 
see what Abu Dhabi talks to us, but didn't want to tell us anything. They want us to do a bigger press release when it all opens, when they've actually, you know, built the thing. It was weird. Just like no one would get on the phone and talk about aquarium design. They're, uh, yeah, little closed, closed little world, it seems. Well, was it just no, no response to the team or just they just don't want to talk to you? It was a mixture. So either no response or sorry, we can't talk about this or we can't go into that. Um, and we kind of kind of going going down the list. You get into zoos and then your local aquarium shop, which is not really, <laughs> not really the kind of engineers that we need. Um, but yeah, we did. We've got some good stuff in there about the Georgia Aquarium, about how that's engineered. We've got some good filling footage of that. Uh, interesting how they fill these things up. So they can do it basically two ways. So they, if a, if an aquarium is more inland. They will fill it up basically with tap water and then treat the tap water to make it um, salt water. I think the Georgia Aquarium used something like, I don't know, several hundred thousand bags of salt to turn their uh, marine environment into a saltwater environment that fish could thrive in. Whereas if an aquarium is closer to the sea, like the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California, which is the one that appears in Finding Dory, they actually pipe it in from the sea. And it's really good because that's obviously got all the nutrients in it it's got all the mm. right kind of water quality the fish fish prefer it not that they've said anything about it but you know <laughs> we, th- we think they like it so uh, interesting you'd, you'd think um that just pipe it straight from the ocean right being on located on an island yeah and being in the middle of the de- desert that'd be logistical yeah you would think that yeah but this is the uae liam <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> enough said yeah. enough said yeah there is a lot mate i'm sure there's logistical reasons for it to be honest but um yeah i liked i liked that one in well was it what you just mentioned fred the one that pumps fresh water in monterey bay monterey bay yeah yeah that was really impressive that was really really impressive and that's something that i've never thought of before and it makes a lot of sense it's probably a lot healthier for all of the sea life that are going to be in it but it just seemed more economical, you know, in a time when water is so um, – it's it's needed, isn't it, in a lot of the world? And we're kind of figuring that out now. We've, we've chatted about that in previous episodes, like with, I don't know, like making concrete and stuff. Like water and the consumption of water is, is only going up and up and up and up as populations grows, construction grows. Um, so, uh, you know, integrating just seawater in that, makes a lot of sense i think but yeah so maybe maybe a bit of a shame that they've not been able to do that here it's impressive this is the first new sea world to be constructed in 30 years obviously there's some huge ones in america um and they were obviously built at a certain time and they've become you know staple theme parks you know particularly orlando and stuff they're they're places Mm. where millions of people have been and would go to but it's funny that it took Abu Dhabi and their budgets and their desire for a big landmark for a new sea world to be constructed. And it's pretty weird. This one isn't this one's less a sprawling park and more a big building that you go into and experience, it, it would appear so. So yeah. do, do, are they gonna have um like animal shows, like dolphin shows and I know they don't have orcas, but like sea lion shows and, and things like that. Do you do you guys know I that? I don't believe so. So they, they, yeah, no, you're right, there's no good. orcas in this one, so free really is uh, is free. But uh, whether there's going to be dolphin shows, sea lion shows, penguin feeding, adopt a penguin, all the stuff you get, you know, touch, touch a, you know, what is it, touch a starfish. 
Oh, All yeah. stuff you Touch get. Touch a starfish. What? When you go what? to aquariums, they have the little touch balls, don't they, where you can like you put your hands in and you touch the anemones and the starfish and you poke, I've never poke been. the frog. And... I'm sure they love that, mate. It's a million <laughs> yeah, people well, poking them every year. <laughs> it's actually a scene in Finding Dory where the fish are terrified um, of getting pokes. Yeah. I've, I've only seen Finding Nemo, mate. I've not seen the sequel. Oh, so mate, maybe I'll lived. have to shove that on. Yeah, maybe I'll need to shove Finding that on. Dory is brilliant. But that's kind of the, the elephant in the room, isn't it? Is that, mate, and that's probably why SeaWorld hasn't um, like got back to you on stuff because they are very closed. They're a closed book when it comes to the public sometimes, isn't it? Like, you know, how they look. I know they've improved drastically, but a lot of people aren't, you know, the biggest fans of SeaWorld as a business or organization Histo- yeah. historically, you know, and it's, yeah, it's they, probably worth mentioning that. Yeah, they had they had a couple of documentaries that came out on Netflix, I think, last year that were that were pretty damning and pretty. Um, yeah, mm. it, it'd but be I hard think, to over, uh, overlook a lot of that. I think, yeah. from a, my point of view, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of like zoos or aquariums. Like my personal belief, I'm like they should just you know be in the be in the wild and admire them in yeah. the in the wild and they'd eat you. They'd yeah. eat, <laughs> yeah, they'd eat you, mate. My, like your spiders hips, in mate. your house. <laughs> <laughs> but but I know SeaWorld as an organization has tried to kind of move past that. And I'm sure they're mm. making just to be balanced for balance. They're trying I was to make say, for balance. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. I think it's more to do with the fact they want to have a big splash about it when it completes. Well, hey, oh. big splash. Oh. Oh. Uh, when it completes and when it opens, they want to make a bigger deal about it then. They don't want to reveal the record beforehand. So they're being quite um being quite secretive. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. World's okay. biggest construction channel was told to Go away. Oh, yeah. Doesn't have could you Could you see anything like this on this size, like an aquarium or be it like Ferrari World, what they're building in Abu Dhabi? Could you ever see the scale of something like that being built in somewhere like Europe? Or do you think it's like it is now time for these regions in Asia to take that that crown where all of these mega projects are happening and not just like skyscrapers you know this shows us that this is like this is for tourism right so yeah what what are your thoughts on that fred i don't know like pro- i mean probably not is the answer but then you look at something like disneyland paris and that's a very big sprawling very lavish attraction they're investing massively into that with the new disney studios park now they're adding a well they've just added an avengers section they're adding a mm-hmm frozen land frozen world i think next year there's talk of a star wars galaxy's edge there as well so yeah there are there are but again that's funded by disney isn't it it's coming from the big u.s side it's not necessarily a european-led project i'm pretty sure it's only until recently that disneyland paris has been earning money yeah you know before that it's always made a loss and it's basically been propped up there's a lot of uh, historical and political reasons for that. Cough should have been built in England. Cough, but you know, whatever. I'm not salty about it or anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, Europe's a completely different market, and it's a diff. It's a very, very difficult market, isn't it, to compete with? So, or to compete in. Sorry. So, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could see something like this being built maybe in Europe it's just the fact that it happens so often in Asia and places like Abu Dhabi are really like I said earlier they're really making a point of trying to be a destination 
you know, somewhere where you're like, oh, do you know what? I could take the kids there. Nice hotel, stuff to do. It's hot. Oh, by the way, that's why this is all a big building, Fred, because it's so hot outside. Oh, like, yeah. They're not going to have a theme park, outdoor theme park, are they? Because it's too hot for half the year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that. Would you, guys, would you guys go to this when it opens? Would you go and touch a starfish? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm in two minds. I mean, I try not to go. I, like I said before, I'm, I'm not, I hate to be one of those guys, but I typically don't go to zoos or aquariums and things. Um, but I mean, this looks pretty impressive. So if I was in town, I'd probably go check it out just just for the sheer construct, like engineering side of things. And I'd, I'd like, like to I... see. I'd like to see all the fish in there as well as the, the amount of species. <laughs> I want to see the fish. <laughs> you'll, you'll get that. You'll, I want to see the fish. You'll get what that they, if you go. I was that like, guy as well, mate. I was that guy. And then I had kids and I realized that keeping them occupied and doing something when it's raining <laughs> is pretty good. So, yeah. As is the zoo. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah, good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I, if if I was in Abu Dhabi, um, it, it's, it's a maybe. It's a maybe. Um, it looks really, really, really impressive. I'll say that just architecturally, like the renders of this thing looks like I said at the start, it looks out, out of this world, it looks like something from a film like Avatar or something. Um, so that might be, you know, a, a major drawing point for visiting anyway. But um, yeah, I, I think I would. I'm, I'm getting more and more interested by these places, you know, Dubai or Abu Dhabi. And I think Abu Dhabi, you know, I think it's a bit, it's overshadowed a lot by Dubai. And um, I don't know, there's something about it. It seems like a bit smarter, a bit more. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, don't you, Fred? You know what I mean. It's the yeah. home of the Instagram influencer, mate. You fit right in. You fit right, right. in. But oh, there's there the Star can. Wars guy with his abs and his guns out. There he is. Look. <laughs> Me? No, no, that's you, mate. That's you. <laughs> we'll go together, Fred. We'll go together, mate. Boys trip. Well, we're looking forward to sharing some more information on this with you guys as it develops and as it gets announced and revealed in 2023. They're being pretty watertight for now, but uh, well, hopefully the whole thing is watertight when it opens. But uh, yeah, as we get some more information on the world's biggest aquarium, we're going to bring you more pictures, more analysis and more insight on the B1M. Let us know what you think about this. What do you think of the world's biggest aquarium podcast at theb1m.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Red Team. Red Team's cloud-based solutions enable efficient construction of buildings we rely on every day. Red Team Software is a growing construction management software company built by contractors who understand the day-to-day challenges of commercial construction. So Red Team Go is their lightweight software designed to help simplify, automate, and standardize workflow for small to mid-sized contractors. I think Liam and his house renovation projects, little things like that, his landscape gardening, all the stuff mm-hmm. he's doing there. Bit of Red Team Go, mate, is what you need. I see. Yeah, it'd be pretty good to use, actually. Field Lens by Red Team provides a dynamic job site collaboration software that facilitates effective real-time collaboration among field, office, and trade workers at any time from any location. And Red Team Flex is their highly customizable construction management software that connects to popular business platforms for integrated projects and financial management. Goodness me, this stuff sounds amazing. Both Forbes Advisor and Construction Executive have included Red Team software and its construction solutions on multiple annual lists of the industry's premium technology providers this year. Red Team also appeared on the Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing companies in the United States in 2020 and 2021. 
these guys are like shooting for the moon here. This is this is amazing. To find out more about Red Team and get access to a free demo, check out redteam.com. That's a nice, straightforward URL for you guys to follow. Redteam.com. Go over there, free demo, check it out, let us know what you think. Really nice group of people. Company was founded back in 2006. We're not going to do my standard little roundup of things that happened in 2006, but uh, unless anyone's got any big landmarks from 2006, guys. I I left primary school, mate. Oh, shut wow. up. <laughs> primary school? <laughs> yeah, I mate. left primary school. I finished primary school in 2006, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I was, fin- <laughs> I was finishing high school, I think. <laughs> There we go. What were you doing, Fred? Yeah. First year of uni. Oh, old oh, man, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing your age there, mate. Showing your age there. Wow. Experienced, experienced. No, really, really nice company. Really good group of people. They've got over 500,000 users right now, which is a lot of people. About as many uh, people that watched the female belt video on the first day. But, uh, you know, just Ooh. saying. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice because they... Uh, they're not just a tech company coming into construction. They, you know, try to sort of shove it down the industry's throat. They come from the industry. They're, as it says, led by contractors. They've shaped this tool with construction industry expertise. It's very good. It's very usable. It's very impactful. Uh, check it out, guys. Redteam.com, and you can get a free demo. We'd love you. This is our first little sponsorship round with uh, with Red Team. So please go and click the link and tell them how great it is, and tell them that you heard about it on the world's best construction podcast. We would love that. We'd really appreciate that. Redteam.com, free demo. Go and check it out. Also this week, over on Tomorrow's Build, we had a video that came out on Tuesday called Sweden Has Discovered Fossil-Free Steel. This is a this is very exciting. I know it doesn't sound exciting, but this is actually really exciting. It's a proper game-changer for the industry. So a Swedish consortium, including a firm called SSAB, has developed a form of fossil fuel-free steel at a factory in Lulia, uh, and it's under an initiative called Hybrid, which is hydrogen breakthrough iron-making technology. I know I'm not helping mm. with the they're like making clear this isn't boring but it's actually very exciting (laughs) this sounds boring but it's not as boring as it sounds so steel as you know is widely used in construction pretty much every building every development every skyscraper at some point somewhere there's going to be a little bit of steel involved but the steel making industry is pretty bad for the environment it accounts for seven percent of all global carbon emissions so we really should be using less steel as i've said many times before on both the b1m and tomorrow's build and this podcast we need to be weaning ourselves off these quite pollutant materials mm. the trouble with doing that is obviously steel is incredibly versatile it's very strong it's literally the invention of steel transformed our world and helped us to build all kinds of things so moving away from it is quite difficult now a bit of science for you again this is getting a bit more boring but uh, i promise you there's a compelling story here <laughs> the most common type of steel in construction is carbon steel and that is what's made in the process that produces a lot of co2 as i said Fossil fuel-free steel is made using electricity that's generated by renewables, and the only emission from it, the only byproduct from it, is water. And it basically works by using hydrogen instead of carbon in the reduction stage of the process, which is where you remove the oxygen from iron oxide, which is iron ore, leaving you with iron. I'm largely reading my notes here because I don't remember my chemistry class lessons, but basically they've got this way of building fossil fuel free steel only byproduct is water 
they've replaced carbon with hydrogen. It's all very exciting. It's a big breakthrough thing. They've got steel being produced that is incredibly, well, much more sustainable than than the current types of steel they're being made. But anyway, the whole aim is to ramp up production and have it fully commercialised and available for the world to use as soon as 2026. So this is this is a pretty big deal. It has huge implications for the planet because if we take this material and make it more sustainable or you know, less impactful than it is right now, it could have a big, big impact on our planet. What do you guys make of this? Did you say the um, byproduct is water? That's the only byproduct yeah. of, of it. Yeah, pretty incredible. That's quite interesting. You could, you could do a lot with that. You could maybe fill a aquarium up with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Where did this water come from? Ah. <laughs> see see the building above us. Yeah. Imagine that. That's amazing. Sitting this is kind of a big- Facebook Facebook marketplace. Anyone need 58 million liters of water? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Ship it over from that's Sweden. It. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't again. I wouldn't put it put it past the UAE. Yeah, that these guys import sand. Yeah, <laughs> as as we established, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, spring water but, from the Scottish Highlands for the yeah, fish tank. Yeah, yeah, anyway, it's true. Let's talk about it. This this is a huge deal, though, right? This is an absolutely massive deal, and like what you said, Fred, um, steel is used in so much construction, um, and seven percent of all global carbon emissions that's a huge deal and as i think um you know we try as as a planet to bring emissions down that number is only going to go up until we find an alternative right that's just like the maths so once we cut like fuel and you know uh what is shipping containers as well you know like the, um, yeah, yeah. the ships yeah that, that that makes up for like half of the world's emissions i didn't know that something crazy but they're trying to find alternatives to that of different fuels for that um as soon as they do that things like this will be the outlier right and so it's it's great to see that the construction industry instead of just being complacent is trying to do something or well i say the industry these guys the swedish guys as per usual scandinavians you know leading the way on this kind of thing um they're trying to do something that's going to benefit everyone and it seems like a win-win it seems like a massive massive win so yeah Mm. big deal was the um was it is it steel and concrete um creation the, the the two main contributors to yeah to mate, the I, was, I was just emissions. i was just gonna say yeah so like steel production is seven percent of all global carbon emissions but concrete is eight percent of all global carbon emissions so like as i said before just dealing with those two materials would have a massive massive impact on how mm. mankind impacts the planet you know it would um you don't realize how extensively used they are when you, when you think about you know pretty much every building foundation every structure in the world will probably have some concrete and steel in it somewhere. It's incredible. That is incredible. How how feasible do you think this is, mate? Like, by 2026, they're saying they want um, it to be fully commercialized. Um, do could, could you see this being used in construction around the world? Like, do you think the prices for it will be higher because it is greener and maybe because there's less of it, you know? 
maybe it's less competitive because only a few people will be doing it. Like, how do you think it will impact the industry from that perspective? I think it's definitely going to be used. I think it would definitely be used in a pretty widespread way as well. So it's, they've already built some projects with it. Volvo's made a prototype truck using steel, using the material, which is pretty impre- pretty incredible. There's uh, Piab, which is oh, sorry, Payab, which is a Swedish construction company who've agreed a deal to try it on some of their future projects as well. And honestly, mm. I think the way the world is going, we're gonna there's going to be so much pressure on people to cut emissions and build in a more sustainable way that we're going to have to transition to this pretty quickly. And yeah, you know, what, what the team are doing now is I think they're patenting it at the minute so that it can be made open source and available to the rest of the industry to to use and employ. Obviously, what they're doing right now is a drop in the ocean compared to the amount of steel being made worldwide. But yeah, if we can scale it up, we can get everyone using it. It's a huge win, huge step forward. I mean, as I have advocated before, I think we also need to be using more sustainable materials like mass timber. But Mm. I think the the idea of completely eradicating steel from our lives, not just in construction, but from other parts of the world as well, is probably a bit too dramatic. So making it in a more sustainable way, in a fossil fuel free way, is mm-hmm. yeah, it's groundbreaking. It really is. It really is a big breakthrough. And I love that you said that they're making it like open source as well. Because and there's some po- poetry here because Volvo did that with the seatbelt. I don't know if you guys know that. Like Volvo invented the seatbelt, and they said, yeah, like everyone can have this, and they sent the designs to um, car manufacturers around the world for free. They didn't ask for anything about it. They just invented it, gave it to everyone because they knew it saved lives. And it's amazing that this is kind of the same thing, but it's it's construction and in the long, long, long term, it could save lives, you know. So that's, uh, that's really interesting to see. And you said something really interesting just then, Fred, that like, there's always going to be a need for steel, although like, obviously you're a massive advocate for like timber construction and so on and so forth i totally get that i'm on board with that and we're we're talking a little bit about that um in a second but something that you know um you can't do with like wood or timber is you know cut meat and stuff you know you can't do that can you so there's always going to be a need for steel right whatever are you alluding to luke oh well in the video there's a very good uh, advert, mate. <laughs> if you it's haven't very seen good this, advert. guys, there is an advert, a 60-second 60 second advert integration in the middle of this video for a knife company, and you see me chopping some fruit, <laughs> some veg, and some meat in my kitchen, advertising these knives, which are also made of steel, as it happens. Uh, so, yeah, nice little link. Well, that, that was so funny. I had such a, <laughs> we had such a laugh filming that. Yeah. I could tell. You didn't put the outtakes in, though, did you? Because we, we got some, like you said earlier, we got the outtakes on the Slack, but uh, there are a lot of a lot of versions of Fred trying to catch stuff out there on the internet. <laughs> they, were, they were holding this. I was obviously like facing the camera, and I wasn't able to look at what I was trying to catch. I had to face the camera yeah. and then hold my hand out while they dropped an apple from a height into my hand, and then yeah. an aubergine, and then, a bit of, and then a bit of meat. And it was just like... <laughs> if I had attempts it took to hit my head, or I'd catch it and miss it, and then it would slip away. Or oh, yeah, <laughs> I've never laughed. It was, it was hilarious. No, you did a good job on that, That's mate. Funny, you mate. did a what's, really good job, mate. What's your what's your go to meal to cook? Your wife, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> She's on toast, mate. She's on toast every time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I was I was going to ask if you were much of a cook, mate, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know. No, I no don't know. scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs on toast. There you go. Beans on toast. Scrambled eggs on toast. Oh, oh. <laughs> egg it's not and really soldiers. Cooking, it, mate? You know, I can. You know, I can Omelet? make that. <laughs> I can do anything, a fry without <laughs> anything without egg. Anything without egg. Get cereal. Hey, this is Fred's answer. I can cook egg ten different ways. <laughs> yeah, bagel. Basically. Bagel. I can make a bagel. Oh. Yeah, bagel. Oh, you we do love, love your bagel. bagels, mate. Do you yeah, sorry, sorry I'm no good at cooking. I, I was tied up interviewing Richard Branson and amassing half a billion video <laughs> views on the internet. <laughs> sorry, I'm not good at everything. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Liam, do you cook, mate? Yeah, I bet mate. you do, don't you? Yeah, I cook a lot. Do you? Do you cook yeah. more than your other I half? Have to. Yeah, I have to. Because my oh. partner will cook the same two meals. All the time, which is great, but I like a bit of variety. What what will she cook? Pasta or lasagna? <laughs> She's Italian. She's Italian. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> no, it's three, and there's chicken schnitzel, and it's it's amazing. I love it, but I'm like, I can't eat pasta every night. I can't eat pasta every night when chicken schnitzel. Are you joking me. with the chicken schnitzel? That <laughs> is- she cooks chicken chicken snitty. Every, I'll be like, oh, can you make dinner? I typically, I'll make dinner each night, and I'll be like, look, I've got, I've got to do the podcast tonight. Can you make dinner? She's like, yeah. Do you feel like schnitzel? <laughs> like, I'll eat schnitzel. <laughs> no, she's a great cook. The, the, when she does branch out to other other cuisines, she, she hits it on the head. But um, if it really oh, that's, that's, that's the sound of Liam backpedaling right there. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't listen anyway, man. I try to get her to listen to the podcast. She's like, yeah. <laughs> My missus literally listened to it. Did I say this? I think I did say this. Like she listened to it while we were decorating a few weeks ago in our new gaff. And she was like, do you know what? This is really listenable. And I was like, oh, thank you, love. Cheers. She went, yeah, I know what you're talking about on this one more so I can keep up with it more. She went, I can't do that with the Star Wars one. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I All get right, it. Thank you, There's no need to sound surprised. Oh, it's actually I know, really right? What did you, what did you expect? It's the B1M. I don't know. Which is going to be good. I think she expected us to um, sit here and talk about, you know, like new um, materials, you know, and how it's going to cut carbon footprint. <laughs> 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 I'm, joking. I'm, joking. I'm joking. Like the reduction stage <laughs> of making steel. Is that what she was expecting? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. But this is this is a massive deal. Once again, tomorrow's build bringing it to our attention, and that's really important because this is stuff like I don't hear about. You know, I wish like news would talk about this. You know, like more positive things like this, more positive mm. steps in science and stuff because they don't. Do they're th- not interested. In, do you think they're in in Scandinavia because they are at the forefront of a lot of these um, innovations and things? Do you think this would be on the news over there? I feel like this would be on the news in Sweden. Mm, maybe yeah maybe I don't not. know Fred w- could you imagine this being on the telly when you're over in Svaria yeah it's, I think it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal you know alongside adverts for Ikea and uh, a big breaking news story that managed to get Denmark to build them a tunnel and not pay for it I mean <laughs> you know <laughs> that still cracks me yeah. up that Slip still in. cracks me up yeah Get out of Sweden. Love Sweden. Light years ahead, mate. Yeah, I, I'd imagine I'd imagine this is more in the forefront over there, but it's hard to say. Yeah, let us know what you think about this, guys. As I say, it's worth watching this video just to see me advertising some knives and chopping some fruit in midair and uh, <laughs> hacking up meat and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. 
let us know what you think about that. I think I think we might have put the outtakes at the end of the video. If we didn't, then uh, we'll definitely stick them out on social media because it is hilarious and it's uh, definitely brought our slack to a standstill last week. We're all laughing and joking about that. On a more serious note, the fossil fuel-free steel that could change the world, that's the bit we should really get your, get your thoughts on, get your input on. Send us your thoughts, podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, a very exciting, again, I've said exciting, it might not be that exciting, but a pretty cool, pretty landmark piece of legislation over in France, where the government have brought in plans to cover all large car parks with solar panels by 2028. Moves going to apply to sites with over 80 parking spaces, and they reckon it could generate 11 gigawatts of energy once fully implemented has the benefit of shading cars as well. This is this is a very, very cool idea. This has had really good reaction across our platforms. It's basically, it is what it sounds. So basically putting uh, solar panels up on a deck above all open-air car parks, all large open-air car parks, and harnessing that space for solar power. This this is a great idea, right? Yeah, it's genius, mate. I, I think it's really clever. I think it's really simple, effective, and... I'm surprised no one's thought of it before. It's just one of those where it's like, yeah, it seems like a given. They, they um, I, I agree, mate. It's, it's kind of one of those things when you're like, I don't know, it's come up in conversation between me and, and, and friends and things like that. It's like, why don't you just cover, you know, parts of the city, the rooftops and things like that with solar powered panels to, mm. to put back into the grid. So it's, it's interesting to finally see it taking shape in a country. Um, like you said, it's kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. And that's the thing with this kind of thing. It's like it, it's on on paper, it is a no-brainer, and it's really, really, really simple. You know, you can you can mathematically – I think I've said this in one of the earlier episodes, but you can mathematically figure out how much solar brings to a grid, and you can – let's say it's a, a square meter. Yeah, you can use that maths and – it times it by like whatever, like I don't know, like a square mile, and then you get that amount of energy. Obviously, it's going to go up and down depending on how much solar is coming down, but generally, you can have a, a, a ballpark of how much energy you're going to get out of it. Um, we know, like as human, as as a race, as a society, we do know kind of how to fix a lot of our problems. The issue is getting it done. The issue is usually financing it. So it's nice to see that. You know, Fred's like eyes open, like yeah, yeah, mate, <laughs> he's, yeah. He's happy with that answer because it's true. We do know, we do know how to fix a lot of our issues, but we don't. And it's nice to see this actually taking place. I suppose. Yeah, I agree. Mm. The world's richest people are going to space and buying social media companies rather than oh working on, working on this big issues. I know he started Tesla, which is electric cars. That's had a big impact. All right, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I thought you were an Elon yeah. fanboy, mate. I, I didn't think I'd hear you say that. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. Oh. I can't really work him out. I can't really work him out. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I aren't. The Twitter thing. I'm like, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no lots comment, of nice. Mate. Uh, no lots of nice comments on this, though. People saying it should be done everywhere. Great idea. Why haven't they done it before? People tagging their own governments, saying, you know, you should mm. do this in our country. It's being done. We're coming, we're coming back to Disneyland Paris for the second time in the episode, but it's being done at Disneyland Paris because if you look on satellite views of that site, there is an enormous car park next to it. I think they kind of 
built the car park based on the plans from the American parks where everyone drives to them and they need enormous places to park. But they are putting solar panels over that and they're doing it in the shape of Mickey Mouse's head, which is pretty cool. There yeah, you go. It's very cool. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. Amazing. Vive la France, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we're heading over to Houston, Texas now, where there is a new Greenland bridge being built, which is reuniting the north and south sides of Houston's Memorial Park. So this is about to open. It's going to open in December 2022. It basically puts a very large highway that cuts through Memorial Park, which is the big green space in the middle of Houston, Texas, uh, and creates a land bridge so that people and animals can cross that highway for the first time in, I think, almost 70 years. So, yeah, the highway had divided the park, made it very difficult for animals or people to use the park fully. They've put it into these prefabricated concrete tunnels and then landscaped over the top of it. It's had a lovely reaction. Um, It's all part of a bigger project where they're trying to kind of recreate the native Gulf Coast prairie wetland thing in the park area. Uh, and the whole thing's been designed with Texas's climate challenges in mind, so it's going to be resistant to hurricanes, droughts, flooding. Really nice projects, really innovative projects. I thought this this is the sort of thing we should be doing more in our cities, urban areas, and parks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, again, again, I like this one. Very feel good. Very tomorrow's build. What do you guys make of it? Yeah, I think it's really impressive, mate. I can't lie though. My initial thoughts was, um, oh, I can't believe how green Houston was. Houston, Texas, like, I, I didn't put, I, I just don't put, like, that amount of greenery and Texas together in my head, you know? Um, is it actually that green or is that just the render book? Because it kind of stops if you look at the first photo, the first picture. You go up to just under the city, it's sort of, the color kind of changes to a lot yeah. less green. I suppose the fact that there's a large green area in the first place is what surprises me yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but it's really big, right? I, I know we're looking at it on on our um, Instagram, on the Tomorrow's Build Instagram, but that is a huge area. That is a mm. massive, massive area. And yeah, I just didn't associate that, um, you know, Houston with like these massive green, green areas. And you can see it kind of goes on more toward downtown there. Uh, maybe that's a different park. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's nice to see that. And I know Houston is a massive city. It's one of the largest in the US, right? Top five, I think. If It's like the fourth largest city in the US, something like that. Um, and it's great that they're prioritizing this thing over there. Um, the US is sometimes... You don't always hear about these kind of projects in the US, do you? Where they're prioritizing you know, the the environment and bridging you know these green spaces in their cities you know you don't often hear that so i think this is a really big deal and it's really good and it's great for the wildlife in houston and probably the people in houston and it looks good too so yeah please this one mate what are your thoughts on it fred i like it i think it's yeah as you say it's a good use a good piece of construction that's actually doing something quite positive for the natural world that doesn't happen a lot they've Mm. gone out of their way here to try and improve a park improve biodiversity make you know improve migration paths for certain animals i yeah i like it it's impressive it shows what can be done when you put your mind to it they've built it with a prefabricated concrete tunnel which is obviously less sustainable and it's still a road at the end of the day which is obviously less sustainable and less than ideal but the bat is being built Mm. yeah i like it it's good that it's happening in america especially in texas especially in houston yeah 
good projects nice projects mm. we are also now heading over to london where there is a massive new cross laminated timber building to announce which i'm very excited about because as you know i love a bit of timber this is designed by foster and <laughs> partners a massive new six-story office in the bayswater area as part of a wider development over there there's ninety thousand square feet of office space as i said um retail units 32 new homes of which 11 are going to meet the city's definition of affordable come back to that in a minute due to be completed by 2026 all built with timber there's trees on top of it i wasn't particularly blown away by this when i saw it but the audience has been there's been a lot of love for this across the channel uh people loving the look the building the fact it's built with timber so yeah i i i'm not sure about it what Mm. did you guys think i love the little uh little write-up you put in the in the caption fred (laughs) <laughs> about the uh it's topped with plants and trees it's like they want us to ridicule them on the world's best construction <laughs> podcast i just I was reading that just as you were reading out the synopsis <laughs> oh mate so true yeah i'm a bit like yeah about it it looks nice um mm. yeah it looks nice and spacious and light inside which i, I always like in a on a building um, it's not really blowing me away, though. I think this is one of those where we'll have to wait till it's built, sadly, which I, I'm I'm not always a fan of that, particularly in London, because things can get really value engineered and they look kind of nothing like um, what, what the renders look like in, with the finished result, sadly. Um, but I actually do think if if it's pulled off well enough, and because this is a timber building, there's probably going to be a lot more eyes looking toward it. So hopefully there will be a big effort and a big push toward it. I think this could look really, really cool. Like and and for me, it's all about the finishing. You know, will the will the timber beams look like that? Will will the glass with the black trims look like that? Because I think in person. It could look really, really cool. It's kind of like a blend between like a warehouse look and your traditional like London terrace. So to me, it it screams London. It screams that London vernacular. Um, It could be really, really cool. It could be really cool. But I know what you mean. There's something about it that is a little bit... Like if, if this isn't looked after properly or if it's not executed properly, it could look a little bit like 1960s office block with wood. Yeah, I don't know. And, I, and that would really suck. That would really, really suck, especially for the whole timber you know, you know, build thing. It wouldn't do much for the cause. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, it could look cool. Could look cool. We know what you're doing now, architects, right? Okay, we're on to your game. We know you're all sitting there going, all oh, right, we all get a mention on the world's best construction podcasts. Stick some trees in it. That'll make them chat about it. That'll, that'll get some coverage. Well, we're not playing that game anymore. We're not playing that game anymore. We're on to you. All right. I didn't even men- I didn't even mention that, mate, because it's, it's such a cliche at this point, isn't it? it is, I, I think I commented on it on uh, one of the posts, but the 2020s will be remembered for, yeah, let's shove trees on everything. <laughs> let's shove shrubbery and bushes on everything. And then in reality, once it's built, it, it you know, there's going to be like a 10th of that. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit pessimistic about that when they just shove greenery on, 
on on the top of buildings at the moment. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The housing thing as well, obviously it includes some new homes up the top, I believe. Thirty two new homes. Eleven of them are going to be affordable, but that's the city's definition of affordable, which I believe is eighty percent of market value. Which sorry, for me that's still not affordable. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think they are going to change the definition as it's always shifting the definition, but Mm. Uh, mm. yeah I guess affordable is subjective isn't it yeah I suppose it is I suppose it is and it's a, and it's a very uh, central location isn't it Bayswater central-ish yeah I don't know that I always take that with a grain of big fat off grain of salt anyway you know I think you need to, I think I think you need to <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to, to be honest, mate. But I, you know, it's better than not. It's better than nothing. But that's not necessarily the right attitude, is it, to have with this kind of thing? So I'm aware of that as well. I listen. Hopefully, this looks good, and hopefully, some um, people with moderate earnings can afford to live there. Let's see. Let's see, mate. Uh, now we've had some lovely reviews coming in. Can you share some of them with us, Luke? Yes. Um, well, we've got these reviews through on Apple Podcasts, mate. Uh, the first one is from Johnny Big Tall. And jo- <laughs> right. what was his name? Sorry. Johnny Big Tall. Oh, wow. Johnny Big Tall. Yeah. I think I've seen yeah. him on a couple yeah. of other websites that I uh, might visit every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's appeared in a couple of other videos on my watch. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, (laughs) Johnny Big Tall leaves a five-star review and says, Great listen. I'm hooked. I could listen to Fred talk about infrastructure for days or about anything for that matter. So glad this podcast has arrived. So that's nice, isn't it? Um, And then the next review is from the Phantom Dennis. And he says, Love this show. Uh, discovered the B1M this year and loved the channel, but this podcast has now become part of my weekly routine. Uh, watch B1M on Wednesday, listen to the pod on the way home on Thursday. There we go. Gets it. He's um, got it right. Took her to a club on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like the Craig David song. Yeah, Craig oh, show David. me age there. Oh, we all show love a bit of Craig. There. We all yeah. love a bit of Craig. What does the um, Venice do yeah. Monday, Tuesday? What does he do on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? That's what I want to know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know, Den. Let us know, mate. Drop us, drop us an email. It transpires, it transpires that Johnny Big Tall is my mate. Because I got this review a few weeks back, and then I, I was out for dinner with him or something, and he said, oh, yeah, I left you a review, you know. I'm, I'm Johnny Big Tall. I was like, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I'm Johnny Big Tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was his. Uh, that's, the name, that's the name he's put in here. He doesn't. I've never called himself. Call him that. I've never heard him call himself that before. Maybe he's got a, an alter ego. Online alias, mate. Yeah, mm. but you can do Only that on fans. Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, you can just leave a review under any name. Like you keep your name once you've left a review. You keep your name, but you can just type in any name. So it's always banned. If you've not done that, guys, and you're listening, leave us a review, and we might read it out. And you know. Include mm. include some bants. Include something that Fred would love. So my yeah. my mate John works for Stanley Black and Decker. So that's that's the tool link. That's the construction and tool link. But I never I've never heard him use that <laughs> Johnny Big Tool expression. Maybe that's his only fan's name. I don't know. I have to find out. <laughs> I'm now a bit suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, brilliant. 
keep your reviews coming in, guys. You can make them clean. That would be inappropriate. Uh, let us know what you do. How are we affecting your week? Uh, yeah, give us some stars. Give us some nice words. We really, really appreciate it. You guys enjoyed this episode? Has it been good? Has it been gone swimmingly for you? The old aquarium chat? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I've liked the deep dive in the conversation Ooh. with that, mate. Yeah. It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> No comment from Liv. Nothing from Liv. <laughs> no, no. Liv's just like, God, Liv's not bothered, mate. Yeah. Right. It's like one good. o'clock in the morning Speak. over in Sydney, isn't it? So, like, <laughs> let's wrap up and let him go. I always find towards like 11 pm, I always find towards the end of it, I'm like, oh, I just, I'm yawning more and more. That's what you want from a podcast, so isn't it? Someone just loses interest oh, as it goes you. on. Probably <laughs> just seen a. Or he just spotted like a massive, massive spider on the wall in front of him or something, and he's like, "I've, uh, mate, I have checked terrified. under my desk about four times since we've been recording this." <laughs> yeah, I just saw Luke do a <laughs> double check as well. Yeah, I know, I did. No, you mate, it, I'm like, oh, you, you have no <laughs> idea the fear of whenever I put a pair of shoes on, I slap the oh. toes just to make sure there's I, nothing in there. <laughs> see, I thought, I thought this was all like, um, you know, you hear things about Australia. But I was like, oh no, this is real. Like, they, they actually do have these insects just coming to them and they're massive and yeah. you have to deal with, yeah. Everything's out to get you. It's the real mate. deal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you get a snake, Liam? No, no. I hope not. <laughs> they are here. Not, hopefully not near me. That would, mm. that would be the end of the line. We'd, we'd sell, would move. I've moved closer. Come back to London, mate. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. It's good to well, know where the line is. Mate, I was in London for eight years. I, I, I probably never even saw an insect in London. <laughs> there you go. Let us know what you thought about this episode, guys. We spoke about Abu Dhabi building the world's largest aquarium, a new kind of fossil-free steel being developed in Sweden. My hilarious knife advert that was part of that video. France's plan to cover all car parks or all big car parks with solar panels. Houston's Memorial Park upgrade, a massive new timber office in London, and Liam's spider issue. So let us know what you thought. Send us your comments, podcast at the b1m.com. Get your reviews coming in. Click that five star button, write something nice. And we are very excited to chat to you again next week. Bye.